You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan, here with you for the next hour with food stories and news thanks to a number of guests, including Chef Nevin Maguire, who I met at his restaurant McNean House in County Cavan recently. Johnny McDowell from Indie Food, an online artisan food store, will talk to us via Skype. And tonight we'll also hear about the Wise Traditions Conference that is on in Limerick's Toman Park on March 24th and 25th. Huge thanks to everyone who supported the International Women's Day Supper at the Mustard Seed at Echo Lodge in Ballangarry last Wednesday evening. We had a great night and the raffle, which had some incredible prizes, thanks to very generous donators. It was all in aid of West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station, and we raised €465, Euros, so thanks very much for your generosity. One of the prizes was a signed copy of Nevin Maguire's latest cookbook, won by Joan Cahill. So I'm looking forward to the invitation, Joan, to enjoy some of your dishes. Nevin is our first guest this evening and he needs no introduction because he is Ireland's culinary golden boy. I was fortunate enough to spend 24 hours at McNean House in Black Lion recently for a long overdue catch up with my sister and it was well worth every second of the four hour drive from Newcastle West. Just before I left, Nevin sat down with me for a chat and what a lovely chat. It was. It totally set me up for the drive home. So let's have a listen to it. Bon appetit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Nevin, I can't believe I'm in Black Lion in McNean House in the Cookery School. I've just been blown away in the past 24 hours. What an amazing place. Thank you. And at long last, you know, we've invited you many times and it's great to have you here. So, yeah, listen, it's small, it's beautiful, it's my home. It's where I've grown up and it's where I've learned, I suppose, so much meeting so many people. And it's all about your team. Like we have 70 people working next door, which is incredible. Mum and dad started the whole business and to see the way it's gone from strength to strength, I'm very proud of that. I always believed in doing one and doing it right. Never owning a chain, never opening more than one. And, you know, so far so good. It's worked well. I've just been blown away by the quality of everything, the opulence of everything and that is from the doorknobs to the, the colour of the paint, the furnishing and the staff. Your staff are incredible. They're so well trained. It must be something that you really do invest in. Yeah, well, first of all, when, when it comes to interiors, that's my wife. She does an amazing job. She has such great taste and detail and she really thinks about things and what works and what's trendy because we would go out a lot and see a lot of different because we travel a lot too. So we always get inspiration from other places and other countries that we go to and it's a credit to her, to be honest with you. And you can see the passion and the love that she puts into that. Yeah, she's very good at it. And she's, you know, she's totally, it's not that she's qualified in it. She just has a great eye, great taste. And, you know, and, and in fairness to the staff, they keep it well, they maintain it well. And every January, like, we touch up, we reinvest. We did a big job in our restaurant last year. So running a business, like, we're 25 years nearly, well, over 25 years, actually, in business. So we are since mum and dad took it because since they opened, because we closed from 73 to 89. So in 89, it reopened, and I've been cooking here since then. And I've seen some big changes in food and people in decor. And, like, I used to solely focus on the food, but the food is only one part of the jigsaw. It's about the service, your wine list, the ambience. Like, like we done eighty three for dinner last night in the restaurant and in the cookery school where we are now. We had sixteen people on the chef's table, where myself and two chefs cook and serve the food. So it's brilliant. Thank God. Well, you said um, earlier that your your parents bought it in nineteen sixty nine, and it was it was a Garda station. It bears no resemblance to a Garda station. They now. bought it. Now I wasn't even born then. I just want to tell your listeners that I'm, I'm, I am young. They bought it for a thousand punts, and Mum was a hotel trained hotel manageress, so and she trained at Carlow Street in Dublin. So Dad was, um, I suppose the two of them said that it opened up, and they opened up the restaurant, and then of course the troubles came along. We would have struggled for years. Like people think it's an overnight success. It has been hard work. We've had I remember like cooking Sharon for eight, nine, ten people and not being able to pay the bills and looking at my mum and dad and really because I'm from family of nine, all the family worked. So we still have those core values of family values of looking after the customer, making them feel welcome. It's not a pretentious place. We never want that. It's just a lovely place that people come for a really nice experience. And that's what we want. That's what I've always kind of carried through. And the staff, like, you know, they, it comes from their heart, their love, and they're so passionate about what they do. And, and that is the key. You know, you can train them to a certain amount, 
but if they're not passionate and you know they're not genuine people can see through that very quickly i think so so we do have a great team here i'm very very proud of them and people travel from all over like you came the whole way from limerick yesterday it was worth every second it was worth every second absolutely Mm. but you're talking about your team there and i'm a great believer in good leadership and communication and all of that and they're obviously yourself at the helm you're an excellent leader and you're you know you're communicating that passion and love onto your team and you're inspiring them to be the best that they can be yeah and i suppose we have staff here a long time like myself amelda you know we have andrea who works in the office i have a very good team around me for the restaurant for my other kind of outside work whether it's the cookery books the television so i have a very good team around me so i want to show my team that they're very much part of the family. They're not just your staff. That's the way you treat them. My head chef, Glenn Wheeler, he's a Fermanagh man. He's been here 12 years. My second chef, 10 years. The sommelier, Blahina, who was actually off last night. We give her this weekend off. She doesn't get many off, so I hope she's enjoying herself. She's been here 12 years. And then we have two waitresses that have been here 16 years. One woman in doing the bedrooms over 40 years. So if you look after your staff, and people will always come and go, chefs, and that's good for them and good for everyone because they need to learn and upskill and go to Dublin or wherever they want to because they can travel but if you can hold on to your core team that's the key that is it's not rocket science that is the key to run the good business and of course chefs do have a reputation of being a bit flighty and moving around and all of that and you know somewhere like dublin there's lots of outside attractions outside the office so to speak whereas somewhere like black lion cavern it is very destination yeah it's very quiet and i mean you've hit a nail right in the head in dublin you can move around in limerick and cork belfast wherever the cities the towns there's lots to do in black lion monday and tuesday when we're closed you know what we try and do with our staff is particularly the kitchen because they work long hours they have four long days and a half a day so they get two and a half days off so we've worked really hard to make sure that they have a life outside work because this industry can absorb you and it can really control your life and if you don't take time out you just get burnt out and you can end up hating it and that's not what i want i want to keep kind of being innovative being creative and letting the team in there that's really important that they bring their ideas so that they feel that they can bring a lot to the menu to the table i think that's really important for them and you do take the team out and about mm. you've been to chapter one recently yeah. i saw you tweeting about yeah. that and forest avenue and, and the greenhouse and there's so many good restaurants to ox you name it uh, we go over to london regularly so we do and i think that's very important to do that as a team that we're all learning we never stop learning quite a few of my chefs even when we're closed in january go for stages my sewer chef is going to go for a stage over to peter Terre, tandy mcfadden now in in the next couple of months so we invest in our staff it's the same at blind doing the sommelier course we're putting her through that because we're going to benefit and she's going to benefit and, and i think that's really important so that your staff feel you know if they go to college that we will support them and, and that's so important because it's a win-win for everyone so travel not only for yourself as a family because you you do that regularly and you're saying about Imelda and yourself getting the inspiration there for the interior decor and your most recent TV series on RTE was Nevin's Irish Food Trail so you were all over Ireland with that and I was delighted to see you spend a lot of time in West Limerick. Oh it was lovely it's a great part of the world and you know we were based in the Shannon and drove down there to Limerick and the mustard seed and some great places at Dare Wade Murphy and there's some amazing people not only in food but in tourism and in crafts and I think the whole thing goes under the same umbrella because food is so cultural and 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 tourism and you know there's so many talented people now in ireland i learned an awful lot and i mean like we were based on the shannon princess which is a boat i've never been on and i suppose the whole story behind this program was something different last year we done the Basque country i'm going away now in two weeks time to italy to do it at the italian nevin's italian food trails so sharon i feel very privileged like i've done over 120 programs for rt i love that part of it but I wouldn't give up the kitchen next door. Do you know what I mean? That's what it all started. That's my base. That's my baby. And I love my job. I love the variety because you learn from people. You learn from other restaurateurs, from other chefs. You never stop learning in this industry. That's what I love about it. It's exciting. It's changing. Trends will always come and go, but good food is good food. Whether it's a basic sandwich or a bowl of soup, it's about good ingredients. Done simply and let the food shine through. And I think with this programme, it's great to showcase the great people we have in Ireland. We're in the crest of a wave. It's never been better. Like when we meet often down at the Blossom Heron Awards, they're fabulous. You just meet people who are so passionate, who are 
you know, so talented and really just care about what they do. And that's what it's about in life, enjoying it. When you come to put a TV show together like that and you're looking for people to interview and people to visit, you must be spoiled for choice. Oh, yeah. Unreal. You could do 20 programs. No problem. You see, RT have kind of changed my schedule. It used to be 13 and now it's six and six. So it's it's six programs in um, in usually January, the end of January or middle of January, and then six programs in uh, September, which is fantastic for me. But you look at different concepts, what works and something new, something fresh and something I've learned over the last year or two, feedback from people who watch the programmes. They love the food element, but they love a bit of the travel and the stories, and that's important. So it's not just all about the food and cooking, which is, for me, everything. It's about the people you meet, and where is he this week, and who is he going to meet? So there's great feedback. So that's something that we've worked very hard on. Don't ask me about the Italian programme, because it's only been worked on at the minute, but I am excited about that, because there, every household in Ireland would eat Italian food at least once a week. So it's a very popular cuisine. My dream is to do a programme in Thailand. And that will, please God, happen if not this year, next year. So we'll wait and see because, you know, for me, I learn when I travel and you get inspiration from people and you never stop learning. That's what I love about my job. You know, you meet some brilliant people. And I think that's something very important to communicate to young people about travel, no matter what profession mm, you're in. Absolutely. Like traveling opens your eyes. It's, we can get lazy and we can't be bothered and all of that. But the young people really, you know, you must get out there and take advantage of being young and being free and being able to do that. Yeah, it's so accessible. And I mean, my brother now lives in Australia and Perth. He's been there nearly 10 years. I've been over to visit him a couple of times with my mum and uh, bless her and also my wife Imelda and I love to travel and I usually travel in January when we're closed for maybe two weeks or maybe two and a half weeks. Now we have the twins, we have a bit different so we brought them to Thailand in January, we had a most wonderful time. Um, I love the cuisine, I love the people so we love to travel as a family because we love to go to San Sebastian which is fantastic but even in our own country there's lots of fabulous places. I brought them down to Fort Island last year where I was recording with Son. Sullivan and just to see what we have on our own doorstep I think that's important too because you know we have such beautiful country we can't guarantee the weather but we can guarantee I hope good food the crack and the hospitality Absolutely. I think that's important and you mentioned San Sebastian there you worked there for a while in Arzac yeah I worked at the Three Mission Star restaurant it's one of the oldest actually I think in Spain and uh, I worked there there was 27 chefs in the kitchen Nine of them got paid, the rest of them worked there a year for free and it was incredible. It was a very intense kitchen. They were very good to me, very kind. So I've uh, been there, back there for dinner with Imelda. And then when we went recording, we went up to the kind of like test kitchen where they test recipes. And there's a chef there that's worked for them for over 25 years. Zabi is his name. And um, amazing people, great family values one of the most iconic, iconic, excuse me, restaurants in the world. And when you were working in the kitchen, Sharon, when you were prepping, you couldn't put your arms out either side, like when you were, because there was so many chefs, it was incredible. The intensity of it was amazing. But we're very lucky as Irish people because people like our warmth, we're hardworking. I think we're a good, honest people and we're good fun, good humour. And I, I just clicked. I just think the Spanish people are amazing. So we would go back maybe twice, if not three times a year, might be only for three days or maybe a, a week with the twins. It's a fabulous place, San, San Sebastian. And everyone talks about Michelin stars. For me, I love to go to Michelin star restaurants, but it's much more about that. The pinches, the tapas, the way they eat. Food is their life. It's everything to them. And they eat as a family, which is so beautiful to see. I think that's what I take back from that. And family times are special. It's not all about Michelin stars. You wouldn't be bringing the twins to a Michelin star restaurant. They'd be hanging from the lights. But it's all about just the cultural thing. And it's such a beautiful place. Have you ever been? I haven't. I haven't been. And it's definitely one on the list. And I, I have a listener who contacts me every week with some bit of news and she has been to Arzac. Really? Yeah, she had texted me to say she was going there and this lady is, you know, she's retired and she's such a, she's so dynamic and the places that she goes to, she's been to Bally Finn, she's been to Ashford, you know, she goes to all she the likes, best places. Yeah. Yeah, and she knows, she's been listening now and she knows, I won't say her name, but she knows who she is and Good. who, but yes, I'm talking about you. <laughs> she's Isn't fantastic, nice? yeah. Yeah, and I mean, as you said, to travel and explore and you know enjoy like we have a lot to offer in our own country but I think when you go to different cultures to see the way they shop and they eat and 
you know, we look at Italian cuisine, we look at French cuisine, it's all about the ingredients, buying fresh, buying local and buying seasonal. And that's something that we're getting better at. We've always had great produce in Ireland. When you look at our beef, our fish, but we don't eat enough fish, in my opinion. We're an island, but yet in San Sebastian, for example, they eat fish every day. The living fish, and you know, they have a, and a lot of it is our fish, so it is from Ireland, their hake and all that. But you know, I I think when you travel, you meet some amazing people, you go to the markets, and I love going with my family, but I love going with my team as chefs because we never sleep five star. I want to clarify that, but we eat in really good restaurants. We go to visit markets, we go to some maybe some chefs' shops or different things like that. Whether it's London, we've been to Rome, we've been to Barcelona. So yeah, we've had a great couple of days. We'd always go for about two days and that's more than enough. So it's And it's very intense then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very intense. Go, We're go, well go, fed, work, and we have the little yeah. tipple, and the restaurant is closed, and it's a relaxing time. I suppose it's team bonding and team building, and all the rest, and it's inspirational tour. That's what you call it. The presentation of the food here, and your wear, the bowl at the porridge came in this morning. The latte, you know, even like simple dishes like that. I just my sister and I'd be saying, "Oh my God, this is you know." You'd be lifting it up to see where does this come I from. I want to hug you. It's so cool because I have a bit of a fetish about plates and and glassware and different things like that. My accountant hates when I go to London because there's two places I go to, both on Baker Street, Continental Chef Supplies, and also there's Goodfellas. And they do plates, crockery, all that. And I spend a fortune. Like some of the plates you would have maybe had your breakfast on or even last night are 50 euro a plate. So, you know, um, I think, well, for me, it's about, I, I, I work a kind of a dish around a plate. But if the plates are nicer than the food, then we're not doing a very good job. But I do definitely have something about plates and crockery. It's a it's a thing I love. And I love when I go to different shows and think, God, I want that. You know, and now at the cookery school that we're in now, I used to only have to buy twelve, now I have to buy twenty-four of everything. And some of these plates, as I said, are expensive, but they're all washer dishwasher. But you can tell, you can tell, to go back to the start of the interview and the, me saying about the quality, you can tell that one of the dishes that came out to me last night, I think it was the scallops, and I thought it was limestone or something, and I, I asked, and it was hot, it was had been yeah. warmed up yeah, to, yeah. for the food, and I said to the, the server, I said, like, what is this, is this limestone or what is it? And he said, no, it's ceramic. Ceramic, I it is. I think he right. said it came from France. Yeah, well done. Yeah, Montgolfier, which is a plate, we have jars, we have loads of different ones, and you know, I probably go over maybe three, four times a year. Probably I'd love to go over more, but I'm not allowed. And uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I'm glad because people do comment on that. But that's about the detail that we go to. The food has, has got to be all about flavour, presented well, because you eat with your eyes first and your nose, as you know, they're your biggest senses. But the taste is everything, the quality of the ingredients. We buy fresh, we buy weekly, and we know every single supplier that supplies us. And that's the key. We build up relationships. We can get food cheaper, but it's not about that. Like the duck that we have a mile up the road, Thornhill Duck, he's been supplying us for over 25 years. Our fishes and killy eggs. We have three different butchers, one for lamb, one for pork, and then one that we just get our beef off. So we have a great supply chain here. And I suppose people ask, well, why do you stay in Black Lion? It's my home, but it's about the produce. And people come here, it's a small little village, it's a beautiful area. It's very unspoiled. We have the Burren kind of geopark. You have the Marble Arch Caves, Florence Courthouse, Inniskillen up the road. So people think coming from Dublin, for example, Sharon, oh, he's, he's in Cav and he's an hour up the road. We're two hours, 15 minutes from Dublin. So thankfully our business is going from strength to strength. But it's all about that detail, all about motivating the staff and making sure that they take pride in their work. I think that's very important for all of us and what we do. I had the Thornhill duck last night and the reason I had it was because at a, a demonstration that you did many years yeah. ago, I think in Listowel, you talked about the Thornhill duck. God, you have some memory. It. But do you know, you did have such an impact on me at that demonstration. You have no idea, like wow. you really did, because I probably was there under duress, but I really enjoyed that demonstration and I, re I remember it so vid vividly. And you talking about Thornhill duck and about how they use every single part of of the duck yeah they do and i mean he's a great producer and he's not a big producer you know for your listeners he processes maybe about four or five hundred ducks a week which is relatively very small uh, he's been supplying my parents since we opened the restaurant and mom used to slowly slow roast the full duck now we do that for our spring roll and whatever and then we have the breast and the leg and the livers so we use everything he's a wonderful producer it's a small breed of peking duck which is bred specifically for flavor and he does turkey he does geese excuse me a 
Christmas. He used to do turkey, used to do guinea fowl and quail, but now he specialises in duck. And duck is what he's known for. It's either called Black Lion or Thornhill. Thornhill, excuse me, is the townland. So it's literally only five minutes, two minutes from where I live, five minutes from here. He's a very laid back producer, which I love in one way. I admire him in one way, but his product is so consistent. Touch with him, touching the table. We've never had a complaint about his duck. That's an incredible achievement for him. That's amazing. The flavour is fantastic. It's not a big bird, but the flavour, the tenderness, it's as good as duck. And my wife would often comment on how good the duck is because we duck a lot when we go to restaurants and there's lots of other good ducks, but nothing beats his now. Mm-hmm. The way it's reared and it's free range and the flavour, it's very good. He does a great job. So we're lucky. The other dish you did that night was the prawns and katafi pastry. And for anybody that's looking for katafi pastry, it's available from Palace Foods. Yeah, you're right. Castle of course, West. they're so wonderful. You, you highlighted that. And last night on uh, one of the dishes, there was the rabbit. I think it must have been the amuse bush, the rabbits. And I said to my sister, this is in Gaddafi pastry. And she was amazed. I'm very that. impressed. <laughs> so for your listeners, Gaddafi pastry is like shred of wheat. And we get rabbit legs and we confit them like duck, con- like duck confit and duck fat. And then what we do is we pick them off. We put in a duck cell, which is some wild mushrooms and truffle. And if I was to tell you it was chicken because it's farmed rabbit, you wouldn't know the difference. We get it from a company called BD Foods. And they've been supplying us for 25 years. For your listeners, Tommy Bow, the famous rugby player, well, his father, Paul Bow, runs a great company, as well as dealing with the likes of Palace Food. We have lots of other suppliers, and they're all wonderful. And food is about trust. So rabbit, I would think, if you have it on as a main course, this is just a personal thing, people wouldn't order it. But as a starter, a little amused, they're kind of surprised, and they'll say, wow, I'm going to try that. And then when my plate's safe, I might have the beef or the monkfish or whatever's on as the main course. But I hope you enjoyed it. I did, yeah, very much so. And that's what I love about a tasting menu, that it does stretch you. I was a bit disappointed that I had to choose my courses last night because I kind of like to be forced. Do you? Yeah, I do like yeah. to be forced. You know, interesting you say that because, and sorry if I cut across you, last year we changed the tasting menu, not just gone by, but the, about a year ago. And we were a bit nervous because we used to offer a dinner menu with three, three and three, and then a tasting menu with no choice. And we, we decided to do a vegetarian tasting menu and then your fish and meat so people can alternate like have your goat's cheese or your orzo or your kind of like open lasagna with wild mushrooms and aubergine so people can mix if they want to and that's worked very well for us now we do get some people who say oh testimony i won't be fit for that but it's small courses it's intense you will be full you will be going to the chipper next door after it but you will definitely be satisfied but people could just come and have three courses but the testimony i want people having a food experience here i don't want them just coming and just this is the way I want people to leave saying, wow, that was a fantastic experience. And when you have so many courses, you know, it's like a well-oiled machine in there next door. Now, for Sunday lunch, we offer a different uh, menu. It's 39 euros, so it is. And we get a lot of families and kids, and we welcome that because they're going to be our future customers. But we'll do 90 to 95 every Sunday. We never drop That's below amazing. 90. We have 100 in there today, so we have. So I'm taking today off with my family, and then what I'm going to do is come in this evening for service. We do 45 on a Sunday night, one sitting, or 43 tonight, and then we're closed Monday and Tuesday. So looking forward to it. Well, the business is going from strength to strength. So wh- what's next now? What's next for McNeen House and for Nevin? You, you talk about Italy, the programme in Italy, yeah. and I've no doubt that Thailand will happen as well. well. If it's not this year, next year, it will definitely happen. Fingers crossed. What's next? I suppose it's enjoying what you have and keeping focus on here black line is the hub like i i started my work in june with simply better for done stores who work with a lot of small artisan producers who i would meet around the country and also at my demonstrations but in blossom so uh, for me it's about uh, I'm, I'm with them uh, until the end of may and hopefully they might give me if they want if they're happy with my work you know doing recipes and that so that's kept me kind of busy to be honest with you sharon but it's enjoying what you have here in black lion we're in the school this is my baby this has always been my dream to have a school that's small and intimate for example this Saturday coming we have um, two half day classes parents and kids cooking so they'll come in at half nine until one and then from half two to half five so they'll be aged from five to fifteen with their parents with their granny or their aunts or whoever they're coming in with and it's fantastic so they're the kind of courses I want to be here a lot more uh, in the restaurant and also in the cookery school, which has worked out fantastic for me. It's a lovely intimate venue. We have a chef's table here Wednesday night and then Thursday we have a small cookery school for 10 people. It's kind of a corporate thing. So yeah, here here is what I want to really focus on is the cookery school. 
enjoy time with my family and also my twins and Imelda. I think that's really important because we can all get carried away and, you know, the, I've got lots of offers to open up other restaurants, but it's never interested me, Sharon. It never has, you know, it's not about money, it's about a quality of life sometimes. And I think, well, I think it's more important than anything, you know, enjoying what you have. We're, we're, we're doing really well here. I've no ambition to open up another one and just enjoying what you have, you know. And I suppose I love doing the demonstrations because a lot of them are charity based. Like I done one last week in Clarone and 500 people, which is fantastic. We had 400 plus in Cork there. So I love going around the country because you meet lots of new producers. And that's where I got a lot of inspiration meeting them. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time to Thank talk you. to me today We're on your day off. Way. And <laughs> I will be going now to sit into my car to say, yeah, I've been blown away, totally blown away. Thanks so much, Neville. You're so welcome. I wish you continued success with your show. And thank you for having me on it again. Lovely to see you again, Sharon. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. Just before the break, you heard me talking to Nevin Maguire. What a gent. And thanks a million to Nevin and all his team for a great night up there in Cavan. Don't forget, if you've missed any of the show so far, it will be up in the podcast later in the week and you'll find it on my website, SharonNoonan.com. Or you can also subscribe to it free of charge and download it on iTunes or use the podcast app. Still to come tonight, I'll be finding out about the programme of events taking place on Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th of March in Limerick's Tomond Park at the Weston Price Wise Traditions Conference. Next though, when we go to food festivals, we often pick up lots of little goodies from all around the country and it's great to support those local artisan producers. But then whenever we come home and we've really enjoyed them, we're sometimes faced with the challenge of making a repeat purchase. And one company that has addressed this challenge is Indie Food. And although they're based in Northern Ireland, the product portfolio is jam-packed with beautiful goodies from both sides of the border. Johnny McDowell is the company founder and he joins us via Skype now. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Johnny, you're very welcome to the show this evening and I want to start off by saying a huge thank you for donating the Taste of Ireland Hamper Suitcase Prize to the International Women's Day Supper last week. Will you just tell us what exactly was in that lovely hamper? First of all, Sharon, thank you for having us on the show again. Um, in the hamper we sent down, there was a little bit of uh, smoked trout in there from Goat Spread Trout Farm in Kilkenny. Keeping that smoky theme we had from the North Coast Smokehouse in Ballycastle, there was a little bit of uh, smoked dulse, which is delicious, actually just sprinkled over that smoked trout just to sort of enhance the flavour. Um, we also had some nice uh, porridge oats uh, from Kilbegan, um, which were again an organic porridge oat. Um, we had some um, nice barbecue sauce in there from Red Dog. It was a California barbecue sauce, and they're based up there in Kilkeel. Um, we had a little bit of uh, homemade jam then from Crusoe Preserves uh, in Tipperary there, and that was like a that was like a chocolate orange jam. And then we had some nice orchard syrup um, again from Kilkenny, coming from uh, High Bank Orchard, which. Is delicious over those uh, uh, porridge oats from uh, Kilbegan. Well, it's obvious from that list that you've just described there that your business model has changed a lot since we last talked to you and you're you're going now just over two years. But whenever we spoke to you the first time, it was mainly Northern Irish products you were stocking, but you're clearly stocking lots of products now from both sides of the border. We realised, I suppose, when we started this venture that, um, you know, Ireland is bountiful as a whole you know we've, we've got great produce um you know from the very tip uh, right down in cork there and uh, uh, right all the way up to as i say bally the likes of bally castle so yeah we, we, we once we got the deli in uh, Cumber, uh, my hometown the, the tip of strangford lock and um, we decided just to try and you know keep that ethos alive and expand it more so yeah we built the deli which is suppose quite unique out of produce just from the island of ireland so we've got lovely cheeses from right around the ireland you know st Toto there in clare uh, Young Buck here, just down the road in Newtonards. Um, we've got Wicklow Banbury, um, lovely smoked salmon there from Glenarm. Um, and yeah, just, just bits from all over the Ireland. It's, it's just, it's great to see this produce just all in the one place and we're very excited about it. You personally go out and about yourself to source these products and talk to the producers and find out 
what they're about, what their products are about. That must be a very interesting exercise to do. It is, and I suppose we don't get out as much as we, we would like, you know, anymore. You know, before I started Envy Food, you know, the great joy of it was, you know, was the research part of it. You know, you're traveling the length and the breadth of Ireland, you know, visiting farmers markets, talking to producers and then contacting them so they would give you some of their lovely juice for the, the, the Envy Food concept as it was then. Um, now I do, yeah, I still do sort of markets and events ourselves. You know, we're very passionate, especially um, about, you know, Irish cheeses and sharp that's out there so we, we take that and we go around um, as I say different local farmers markets and events sort of showcasing that especially up here in Northern Ireland while we're doing so meeting yeah loads of producers and we're out there and we enjoy meeting the public obviously meeting the producers who have inspired where we are today. One of the other interesting aspects about the product portfolio which is like it's very extensive now it used to be just ambient products now you've expanded into the chilled products you're talking about the cheese there and you're a huge supporter of products that have won awards such as the Blossom Aaron Awards. We've been involved with Artie and the family for a few years now, uh, going down to Blossom Heron and down in Dingle. That's sort of our well, my favorite my favorite weekend of the year. It's such a it's such a joy to be down there, a real pilgrimage of you know food lovers. And you know, when the family it's just just over ten years now. This will be year eleven, and so now in our shelves we can see those different sort of Blossom Heron awards very prevalent. And of course, then there's the Great Taste Awards, and you know we're we're keen supporters of that. Um, and it's great to see so many local producers, you know, have, getting those awards and and being rewarded for their hard work. They're a real sort of supposed seal of approval, the Food Oscars, as it were. It is a great weekend, as you say, going down to Dingle. The Food Festival is on. The Blossom Heron Awards are on, and we should give them a shout out just to let people know that if they are producers, that the Blossom Heron Awards are actually opening for entries this Friday on St. Patrick's Day, a very easy date to remember. So you would certainly encourage producers to enter those awards. I would indeed. You know, I've been involved in the judging side now for a while and um, I, I, I know how thorough and independent the judges judging is and how enthusiastic the, the judges are. You get some great chefs involved. You get, you know, foodies from all different backgrounds involved there. So it's, you know, it's, it's got a great standing and I think it, uh, it represents the best food on the island of Ireland. You have branched out then from food. I noticed that you're doing some cookbooks as well as soups on the website. Yes, we have. You know, we I suppose we've um, again just as the website's developed in its time, as you said, originally from uh, uh, the ambient sort of section. Sharon, now we're up to you know we've we've done chilled goods and then other byproducts that relate to food as well. You know, there's some great cookbooks out there again. Cooksbridge, we got a beautiful fishwives cookbook up from them at uh, Christmas time. And um, there's a lovely one in from Derbla Reynolds there, quite close to us here in Croppersburn, all about sort of fermentation. And then the soups, yeah, that's a, that's a local lady and Grey Abbey here who has a uh, broom cottage. She has a lovely uh, herd of goats and uh, she's also got beehives. So then has turned those into the goat soaps and sort of natural soaps involving honey and different sort of byproducts. So again, it all sort of ties into sort of food and what's, it, what's around us here. So that's really interesting about soaps um, being made using products. This woman's actually doing food products as well, but she's able to incorporate them into that. So that's certainly a very innovative approach to have. It's, it's one of those things you have to be creative now and uh, come up with something a little bit different, something a bit unique. Um, that artisan market is getting sort of quite full on the island. I've seen you know, great progress over the last few years. Are really beginning to diversify, you know, and find different, different angles, and it's, it's really, really exciting. So, what does the future hold for indie food? You've obviously come a long way in the past two years. You spend a lot of time going out and about yourself to the markets and down down to events like Blossnair. And like last year, you imparted a lot of your your knowledge and expertise as a buyer of these products. So, what are your plans for the next couple of years to develop the business? Well, I think for us in the the next little while, we're we're, we've got just we've got a home delivery starting here, so we're up at the top of Strangford Lock, great catchment, and we're uh, taking that to our sort of more more local public. So we've yeah we've we've a home delivery scheme starting. We we, we got uh, involved with a local vegetable box scheme uh, called Flavor First. They're based over in Donegadee. Fantastic network uh, throughout sort of north down into Belfast up onto the North Shore. So we're going to sort of piggyback off of William and uh, work alongside him and. Um, we're also getting our, I suppose, our website ready. It's, it's, there's, it's gone through a few iterations and we're getting a bit more ready for exports. So we've, we've noticed a big demand um, over in, say, GB and, you know, into the EU and a little bit further afield on this Irish produce. So, 
yeah, we've been sort of scaling up to sort of meet that demand, and uh, and that's so exciting. Um, I think we've got a lot of new branding and new packaging. Um, we've a lovely sort of yeah, the Taste of Ireland hamper that we sent down. Uh, for you, Sharon, for International Women's Day, with you know a lovely new box coming along, which has been sort of digitally printed with a you know a food map of Ireland actually on this. So, and that's sort of come out of you know a lot of what we've done with the tourist boards, both north and south. So, yeah, that's really exciting. And um, we've got Game of Thrones coming up, of course, the new season up here in, in June. So we're you know we've a a, a winter feast uh, hamper coming up, which will be very exciting. We're working with like a local pyrographer here. Who's sort of uh, you know specialising in uh, burning artwork onto um, onto wood? So you know we're working on sort of this uh, type of theme. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. That that's really exciting. That'll be that'll be ready live in, in June time. Um, as for other things, you know here in the, in the shop we got the the demo kitchen built in beside Delhi in April of last year, which gave us the opportunity to host um, different events and uh, supper clubs and tasting nights and. Uh, We've got a food demo tomorrow, for example. Um, we've got a guy, Joel Kerr, the curious farmer, coming in. He's a he's a farmer in Durmgannon. He's coming in to show his new, uh, to demonstrate his new meal box schemes using his sort of rare breed pork along with some other local items, so people can do it yourself. So things like that are exciting us. We have the edible flour uh, cooking here uh, two nights a month. Um, there are two girls that live locally here in Saintfield, recently lo- relocated from London, where the, the supper club thing is, is uh, you know. It's been alive and prevalent for a long time. So they brought their their interest in that, their skills, their travel, their influences um, over to, over to us in indie food. And so we run those two nights a week, and those are booking out, you know, a month in advance. So really exciting. Um, we've got a craft beer, charcuterie, and cheese night coming up uh, next month, where we'll again focus in on a local uh, beer. A craft beer producer. This one's Bullhouse Brewery from Newtonards. Again, pairing pairing some of his offerings up with some of the local cheeses, and even some of the, the, the local charcuterie, which have just arrived into us today from from Mora. It's a guy called Johnny Cuddy from Spini. So those are really exciting. You know, those are getting people introduced to the food, and uh, we, we're getting travellers from all over Ireland coming to those events. So yeah, there we a bit different but really exciting for us to have them here you can see all even from the events to the hampers and to the the home delivery everything is on ndfood.com perfect well it's been great to talk to you we're doing this by skype so sometimes the technology can be a bit challenging so apologies to listeners if the sound quality wasn't up to scratch there in a few areas but johnny we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and continued success with the business thank you sharon and appreciate you know you coming and talking to us again it's uh, it's, it's great to talk to you You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. So far in the show tonight, I've been talking to the lovely Nevin Maguire. And just before the break, I was talking to Johnny McDowell, the founder of the online artisan food company, IndieFood.com. If you're just tuning in and want to catch up on those interviews, you can check out the show when it goes up in the podcast later in the week. And you'll find it on the website, SharonNoonan.com, or you can also subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or use the podcast app. Next, though, we're going to hear from Deirdre McMahon and Brandon O'Brien, who are both volunteers involved in the Weston Price Wise Traditions Conference. That's on later this month in Tomond Park. It's on Saturday the 24th and Sunday the 25th of March. Last week, I called to them at the Urban Co-op in Limerick to find out what we can look forward to. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Deirdre, the third year of the Weston Price Foundation Wise Traditions Conference in Tomond Park. You must be delighted that you're you're you keep going. Yeah, we are. It's a it's a fantastic weekend, and I suppose we're delighted that people are going to come back a third time. Um, we will more than likely they'll take a break now after this year. So um, yeah, we're really looking forward to it, and we're feeling very organised. And we have a fantastic lineup of speakers this year. Uh, some local and some coming in from the UK. So it's going to be very interesting. And Brandon, you're opening this year. That must be a huge compliment to be asked to do that. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking actually about the story of the guy who the foundation is named after, which is Weston Price. Um, I have to say, if personally, he was, it was his story that actually influenced me to go and study nutrition, become a nutritionist. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a circle completing itself. But yeah, no, it's an honour. It's great. Uh, Sally Fallon 
the president of Weston Price Foundation in America, normally does the talk uh, in about two and a half hours, and I'm going to be kind of concatenating it somewhat to an hour. So I'm working on it at the moment, but it's a great story, and actually it'll kind of set up the rest of the weekend so people will see the sort of framework of where did it all come from and maybe join the dots. And if my memory serves me correct, he was a dentist, wasn't he? Yes, a dentist. Actually, as I'm researching him, I'm, I'm more amazed by him. I mean, he was, he was actually one of the most uh, prominent scientists of the time. He had a, like he was a dentist and he went looking for uh, people who didn't have dental problems. And what he found turned into the big story that the conference is all about. So it's, it's a kind of an amazing story. But he was actually, like the, he, he was in the who's who of the mainstream medical at the time which is kind of ironic because now it's a, almost like a bit of a fringe thing. It's not fringe, but, it, you know, a bit. So he kind of started off totally within it. He came up with ideas that they didn't seem to like, but his messages withstood the test of time. It's an amazing story. So you're standing in for Sally this year, but you have Natasha Campbell <laughs> McBride is coming back. She's been here the past couple of years. Tell us a bit about her. Natasha is just a super person. She's 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 kind of behind this idea, this thing called the GAPS movement, which is the gut and psychology syndrome. Uh, it's, it's the name of her book and it's kind of the name of a movement, if you like, that's taken off worldwide. Uh, essentially, it's a way of it, it's a diet program that's that that she sort of tweaked to help her autistic child and that's it's it's more famous i suppose in that community of around the world now not anywhere near famous enough and a lot of people mm. still haven't heard about it and it's just has an amazing effect on on children's bodies but hu uh, humans i was going to say adults as well um but so she's basically a russian doctor she's working and has been working in england for years now as far as i know she's closed her clinic and she's focusing solely on teaching people how to become practitioners of gaps because the movement is beginning to take off and people people need these gaps practitioners so she's essentially downloading herself if you like into a number of people who come to for the training and um she's great she, she's she, she's a little bit like a fire hose you know when you when you listen to her talks it's like feeding from a fire hose um but it's fantastic stuff it's eye-opening is she the person that inspired you, Deirdre? Because I know last year you told me that you've really embraced the GAPS diet. That's correct, yeah. Actually, Brendan gave me her book after I met him one day and told him that my son had been diagnosed with autism. And at that point, we had been told that, you know, you must just accept this and it's for life and there's nothing you can do. And thankfully, bumped into Brendan and he gave me the book and the rest is history, really. We um, implemented it quite quickly after reading the book and... It really is life changing, you know, totally transformational. Um, my son has lost most of his autistic symptoms and uh, he's, you know, healthy and happy and it's it's amazing. And it's wonderful to have Natasha come to the conference because, you know, you can read as many books as you like, but to see her in person, she's such an incredibly inspiring speaker. And she's also makes herself available to people to chat and ask questions. And she's terribly kind person you know and very um no ego at all just uh full of love and compassion you know and it's it's wonderful to have her here again if i could say sharon if you don't mind um th th there's an interesting story behind how the gaps met up with western price they're not originally the same thing it's just that they both have the same sort of foundation to their message and when sally fallon met with natasha she realized oh god she's written this fantastic book and it's totally in line with western price teaching but it's 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 a sort of a I won't say a condensed, but it's a restrictive diet, but it's based on Western price principles. And the idea behind it is that people would heal themselves and eventually sort of come off the diet because it's kind of restrictive um, and move, I suppose, more towards what we'd, we would advocate as the Western price diet. That's the connection. They're not the same thing, but they're sort of nested together, just in case people didn't know that. No, that is very interesting. And, you know, it's what a coincidence that she was studying independently and then realised that there was synergy yeah. between the two. Yeah. You still are you still working with the diet, Deirdre? Yeah, it's we had been coming off it and then we found that it probably suits uh, my son to stay on it, really. Um, but it's a work in progress. And, you know, it's one of these things that there is a lot of cooking and um I, as you know, I'm involved with other things, so it's trying to get your balance right. Um, but yeah, mostly. Bone broth is a huge element of it. Bone broth and fermented foods really are a huge, huge part of it. And um, making a lot of food at home from scratch with really good ingredients, uh, organic fruit and vegetables, um, locally sourced grass fed meats, all that kind of thing. 
So it's not a diet as in a diet that you you would think, oh God, I don't want to eat this, I don't like this. It actually is nutritious, natural foods with, you know, get rid of the, the processed food. That's the core of it really, that you're getting rid of all processed foods and you're eating food in its natural state and you're trying to get the most nutrition out of the food. So you're looking for nutrient-dense food. So that's why you're trying to get the best possible meat, the best possible vegetables, and make your fermented foods at home, like sauerkraut or yogurt or kefir, and um, so that you're getting really good bacteria into the gut to heal it. I think that brings us nicely on to the food that is served at the conference because you keep that very much in keeping with mm. with the whole Western Price Foundation and it's MasterChef are the caterers and they've really embraced the whole ingredient list that you probably give to them. They have. They've really come on board with us. Um, it's been fantastic to sit down with them and uh, Dennis Cregan, the head chef, he's just superb. You know, he's really interested in learning and, um, you know, he's now making sourdough bread and uh He's it's never been a battle with Dennis. He's just totally come with us on the journey and they always provide an amazing meal. It's a highlight of the conference. You know, people sometimes tell us that they're well, I'm just coming for the dinner and hopefully I'll learn something as well. You know, so it's it's a very important part of it that people can hear the information, but then actually sit down and eat the food and realize this is really good food. In terms of speakers, then, Brandon, yourself, you're obviously local and there's a number of international speakers. And I see Jim Cronin here. He's one of the suppliers to the Urban Co-op. Yeah, Jim, he's he's going to be speaking on organic uh, organic food, I suppose, organic gardening, but the connection to the soil. Now, this is actually one of the key principles of Western Price's teaching. And I'll tell you a little story because it's amazing. Um it wasn't just, you know, the message isn't just here's good food, eat this food. It's actually all the way back to the food chain, back to the soil. And so like the tagline, if you like, for Western Price is food farming and the healing arts. An interesting anecdote, uh, when Price was in the Outer Hebrides in Scotland, that's the closest he came to Ireland. People there lived a really a tough life. It's a harsh environment and they used to live a lot, of t- spend a lot of time inside in these huts with thatched roofs. A little bit like Ireland, no chimneys. And they used to burn... Uh, whatever they could burn for for a fire but the smoke would fill the rooms all the time um now what they used to do at the end of the year was they take the thatch off the house and they spread it on the field as compost and price thought this was amazing so he actually took some of the compost some of the thatched roof if you like back with him to his lab and he tested it against various other composts back in america and that was the only one that really grew healthy oats which was their main grain at the time so they'd figured out a way of bringing, you know, of, of, of connecting with a really tough environment in back to the land, if you like, to produce super healthy oats, which was their main food, along with fish, and they couldn't grow any, any vegetables there. So he, he, he was amazed by this, but actually it was, a, it was a theme through everywhere he went that there was a connection back to the soil. It wasn't just, they didn't know about food, they knew how to prepare the soil. And Jim Cronin is like a, a key story, because he's the only guy really telling the story in the conference, so that's, that's going to be interesting. Whenever it comes to putting a conference like this together, what are the key challenges? Is it getting the people? Is it getting the funding? Is it getting the delegates to come along and listen? Well, it, it's quite tricky, particularly as we run it uh, on a completely not-for-profit basis. And it's a team of volunteers. And thankfully, we have five people this year, because we were kind of three of us last year. But um, we have a lovely new lady, Maya Flynn, who's a WAP chapter leader in Galway and a nutritionist. And she's also going to uh, do a talk. And of course, Caroline and Anne and myself, Brendan. So it's a great team that we have now. Um, we don't really look for funding outside. We really try to run it based on the ticket prices and the exhibitors. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of organizing, but I suppose we all try to meet as much as we can and um, just just get it done. <laughs> and why should people come along to it, Brandon? What what would you say to somebody that's saying, "Oh, I don't I don't understand it. What what's in it for me? Why should they come?" Um, I, I guess the the big message is, if I was to show you a graph of, well, maybe this is a bit abstract. I don't know. If I was to show you graphs of illness rates in this country, they're all on the way up. In fact. They're so on the way up that the economy is not going to be able to deal with them. And we, we hear this every day from overcrowded hospital you know, corridors and people sleeping on steps almost in the, in the hospitals. It's, it's ridiculous the way it's gone, but that's just the tip of the iceberg of a problem that's under the surface in society. If you're, if you're suffering, if you're sick, if your child is unwell, if you've got kind of problems, 
there's, there's only so many places you can go to for help. And we argue that the official message which, uh, of, let's say, it's the worldwide government official message, otherwise known as the food pyramid, is actually almost dead wrong to bring you back to the right track. It's, it's good to keep you from getting scurvy and that kind of deficiency, but it's not designed to give you optimal health. And the message that, you're, that you get from most of the mainstream, we will argue, is wrong. That's part of the, what we're doing with the conference is challenging that message. So if, there's, if you have a problem with your health and you want to get, and you need an on-ramp, so to speak, to get onto the right road, that's why you should go to the conference. That's the main reason, and that's the, that's the thing that inspires us. We, we just meet people there every year so far who, whose lives are changed by it. It's not just, oh, it was a great conference. Like, some of them are in tears telling you afterwards, my, my life has changed, I can't believe this is so different to what I thought. And that's, that's where the motivation is. This is life-changing. You're both very passionate about it, which is clear and it's great. And you yourself now, Brandon, you're a qualified nutritionist and you're actually teaching other people to be nutritionists. Yeah, uh, it's, passion, it's a passion of my life, I have to say. Um, it's, I think it's my, like, my fourth career, um, but it's the right one. It's, it's, it's like, you know, somebody was trying to tell me, this is the way you need to go. Um, and as I said earlier, Weston Price's story actually kind of inspired me to get there. So um, there's, there's a kind of a groundswell. It's definitely, there's definitely something happening in the country. There's more and more people learning about nutrition, studying it, not necessarily to be nutritionists, just for their families and their own health. Uh, there, there's a sort of a, a sense that something's wrong with the main message and people are trying to do something to change it. Um, that's, that's it, yeah. It's, a great, it's, it's, it's actually one of the best professions. You know, it's the best one I've ever been in, but it's the one I'm in. Everybody that I meet loves what they do. You don't meet people who complain about the nine to five and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a fantastic profession to be in. Well, it's taking place on Saturday the 25th and Sunday the 26th of March in Tomond Park. And if people want to, to get more information or get tickets, they should go to the website. Yeah, you can go to the website, which is WAPMunster, W-A-P-F-Munster.com. And there's a link there to buy tickets. The full program is also on the website. And um, if you need any information, there's uh, contact details for us there as well. So you can find everything out there. Fantastic. Well, listen, best of luck with it. I'm sure it'll be another fantastic year. And thanks for talking to me today. Great. Thanks, thanks Sharon. Thank you. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Great to talk to Deirdre and Brandon and congratulations on a great programme for the conference. Now a quick one before I go. A few weeks ago when I was talking to Julie Coker-Graham from Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Bring Your Own Bottle restaurant came up and I said it was a rarity here in Ireland. Well it has been brought to my attention that there are in fact at least two restaurants in my hometown of Newcastle West that have that option. So apologies to Brian Morell and the Ara Cafe and I stand corrected. And also in relation to Newcastle West, a big shout out to the St. Patrick's Day Parade, which is on this Friday to celebrate our National Day. It starts at 3pm in the square and the parade is being coordinated thanks to the hard work of local volunteers headed by Vicky O'Sullivan, who is the chair of the Newcastle West Business Association. And there's still time to get involved. So maybe if you're part of a sports group or a community group, a social club or even a business and you'd like to use the opportunity to raise your profile, please do get in touch with Vicky in the Newcastle West Bookshop in the Market Yard in the town there. Alternatively, if being part of the parade isn't your thing, then perhaps you could spare some time to steward during the parade. So there's lots of way to support and show your community spirit from being a spectator, walking in the parade, being a steward and as I said, it starts at three o'clock. So have a great St. Patrick's Day and thanks for tuning in. And thanks to all of the guests on this programme, Nevin Maguire, Deirdre McMahon, Brendan O'Brien and Johnny McDowell. And until next week, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit.